Uh, pleasant good morning to everyone and welcome once again to the Polo's Brown Show. Watched exclusively right here on the Black College Sports Network. It is definitely a pleasant good morning as we get a couple of weeks, days from week zero in black college football and, and college football. Here's what's coming up on the guest menu for today, August the 14th, in hour number one. Coach Van Petaway will join me. We'll be talking some NBA draft, uh, NIL, and also some Olympics talk with Coach Van Petaway. And I'm sure we'll get into uh, one or two other topics. Then following Coach Van Petaway will be Jared Joseph, sports anchor, WVLA and WGMB in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. We'll be taking a look from his perspective on fall camp. The Southern University, they are now further along, dawning pads. And today, uh, they're going to have one of their first of two major scrimmages for fall camp. So Jared Joseph of WVLA and WGMB, sports anchor here in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Uh, that'll take us up to hour number two. And hour number two, we'll visit with Brandon B.J. Jones of the B.J. Jones Show coming up very shortly here on the Black College Sports Network. He'll join me. And then following, uh, B.J. Jones will be Mo Carter, uh, WZDX, Fox 54 in Huntsville, uh, Alabama. He'll give me an update on Alabama A&M as they prepare for their season and they're in their fall camp. He'll visit with me here on the show. And then uh, last but not least, A.D. Drew, Black College Sports Network sports rap. And he'll also join me very shortly here in segment number one, he'll join me and we'll have a conversation, a dialogue in Black College Sports Network and Black College Sports and Athletics. So Coach Petaway, Jared Joseph, Brandon B.J. Jones, Mo Carter, and A.D. Drew all will appear on the guest menu. Now, top stories, which I choose every week here on the Carlos Brown Show. If we look at the uh, spring 2021 annual meetings for the Southwestern Athletic Conference, and they just concluded those, uh, just kind of the highlights of, of, of what went on. Uh, I want to thank uh, Dr. Alexander, Lawrence Alexander now. He's going to be the uh, chair of the uh, conference executive committee. Also, he'll be joined by Dr. Ray Belton from Southern University and Dr. Felicia uh, Nob of Alcorn State. They're all on the committee, and now they will uh, lead uh, the Council of Presidents uh, going forward for 2021-2022 uh, academic year. Some of the other highlights in the Southwestern Athletic Conference, of course, they purchased a 16,000 square uh, feet corporate office that's located in downtown uh, Birmingham, Alabama. So those are kind of some of the highlights that have taken place with the uh, Southwestern Athletic Conference. So you have Dr. Alexander, Arkansas Pine Bluff, Dr. Ray Belton, Southern University, and Dr. Felicia Nav of Alcorn State, 2021-2022 uh, Southwestern Athletic Conference Executive Committee. Uh, congratulations to those individuals now leading uh, the conference. Also, 
to the top stories. And we look at the predictive order of finish of 2021 SWAC uh, soccer. No surprise, Alabama State picked to come in at number one, Grambling State number two, Alabama AM number three, four, Jackson State uh, five, Prairie View AM, Southern University six, Texas Southern seventh, eight, Alcorn State, ninth, Arkansas Pine Bluff, and tenth, uh, Mississippi Valley State. And last but not least, I found this story very interesting, but true. A Bayou Claxton could be impacted by the city of New Orleans now COVID-19 uh, mandates. Uh, Mayor Cantrell said the situation is dire and we're simply out of time. Sports complexes and stadiums, and this includes the Superdome, concerts, centers, music halls, event spaces, and adult performances of venue casinos and racetracks are also included in this. Now, here's what they're gonna do. New Orleans has been one of the several cities hit hard by the recent uh, coronavirus surge, uh, largely spurred by the Delta variant mutation of the virus. Now, the city's seven day average for new cases is 319 and its positive test rate is 12.2%. Now, we remember last year, uh, because of COVID, Bayou Classic, was moved out of New Orleans to the city of Shreveport, uh, Louisiana. So we've got that Delta variant now really wreaking having a geographical blueprint of the Southwestern Athletic Conference. And so now what this boils down to, the city announced Thursday, the aforementioned places I told you about, now you will either have to show proof of uh, vaccination are a negative COVID-19 test results within 72 hours. I'm joined by A.D. Drew and A.D., first and foremost, good morning to you. Comment on the Bayou Classic and the impact by the city of New Orleans COVID-19 mandates. A.D., we can't hear you. And I know you have a uh, distinctive voice. <laughs> we'll let AD make, make the adjustment. But um, this COVID-19, wow, and this Delta variant. And, you know, it, it's a personal choice. I got vaccinated, my immediate family, friends. But it's the unvaccinated um, folks that are really now taking the blunt of, of all of this. And so you, you continue to be safe, mask up. Even if you're, you're fully vaccinated, you wanna uh, still mask up. AD, let's see if we got you now. You know, it's sad when the producer forgets to uh, turn on his microphone. Well, that's all right, that's all right. Hey. We've made the adjustment. <laughs> and that's why to you. I guess. But no, seriously, though, it's sad that we are even in this state for something that could be easily prevented or easily slowed down because, you know, the science is there. The uh, the the vaccine is there. People are making the personal choice for one reason or another not to get the vaccine. So. You know, everybody keeps looking at me like I'm crazy. 
I don't think we are going to have a problem with a serious outbreak on teams like we had during the spring. Yeah, there will be an outlier. Yes, there will be a, a team, unfortunately, that kind of gets, gets caught in it. I think the bigger thing is going to be fans and communities that are afraid to host these football games because they don't want to create a super spreader event. Go back to the spring. Howard University put into a very unique situation. South Carolina State, BAC members, South Carolina State's um, COVID policy was relaxed compared to the D.C. stricter policy. So because of that, D.C. mandated that Howard could not travel to South Carolina State to play South Carolina State and South Carolina State could not travel to Howard to play uh, Howard in D.C. So what what did the conference have to do? Yeah, like a lot of uh, conferences doing that point in time, they uh they just they just canceled the game. Now, would they allow them to be at a neutral site if we get into this situation, or would they say no, you cannot play them because of the difference in the vaccination rules and laws uh, throughout it? And look at look, when you look at the map of where the COVID outbreak is high right now. All you see are Southern states, which are essentially the footprint of the SIAC and the, and the SWAC. So I'm very concerned about our two, the two conferences that lead their respective divisions in attendance. SWAC leads FCS, SIAC leads Division II in attendance year in and year out. So we know people are going to come. You got 20,000 people in the stadium. How many of them are going to be vaccinated? Not, you know, don't get vaccinated for yourself. Get vaccinated for everybody else. Get vaccinated because you want to be able to participate in homecoming, tailgating, just the friends and fellowship that goes on in, uh, in black college sports. Plus, in my opinion, I think it's just a smart thing to do. I won't say right. I just, I guess it's a smart thing to do. If I was in the casino, I like my odds on the vaccination table than on the, than on the craps table. Yeah, I understand it. Let me uh, also add a correction. I, I said it was moved to Shreveport, not only because of uh, COVID protocols, but I forgot this. And how can I forget this? Thank you, Henry. But the Superdome was being renovated. Right. So I just want to add that piece of information into uh, the, the the conversation would have been nice. If they would have did a home and home. Then this thing would be solved if they couldn't go to New Orleans. But is Shreveport back on the list for the uh, for the fall? Well, got got to put it out there. Yeah, I I, I haven't thought that that far out, but I, I'm going to say that they're, they're going to very shortly have some backup plans in, in, in case this thing goes like north as far as the Delta variant and uh, the COVID protocols. But um, right now, on August 14th, I, I think it's still going to be played in the uh, Superdome and the Body Classic in, in New Orleans. And then, you know, not only that, you know, the Saints play their home games there as well. But the most important thing is, is kind of what you alluded to, 
let's do the things that that needs to be done from a health standard. You know, mask up. You know, I, a lot of times I, I I'll have two masks on, and, and so you know, although I'm vaccinated, you still have to be on the defense, as you know, as the old saying goes, be defensive. So those are kind of the, the, the top stories, and um, you know, the debate will continue. A conversation about these top stories, uh, even after the show. So I'm going to take my first time out of today's Carlos Brown show. When I come back, I'm scheduled to visit with Coach Van Petaway, former men's basketball coach at Alabama A&M. We'll have some topics we're going to uh, discuss, and I'm going to be very interested to get his perspective on, on, on those uh, items. The NBA draft just recently, the NBA had also NIL, um, and then uh, we're going to have some uh, Olympic talks, which the United States did very well, but also the Jamaican sprint teams, wow, what competition between the United States and Jamaica. So quick timeout, when I come back, I'll be visiting with Coach Van Petaway right here on the Coles Brown Show on the Black College Sports Network. We will return very shortly. Support the Black College Sports Network so we can continue to provide you coverage. Go to myjbn.com slash support and be a part of the Black College Sports Network. The HBCU football experience is back in Atlanta on August 28th. College game day, the Coca-Cola fan experience, the battle of the bands, the Cricket Miak Swag Challenge will have it all. Visit miakswagchallenge.com for more information. Since 2002, Empowerment Resources, Inc., a nonprofit organization, has empowered more than 1,500 youth and adults in Duval and surrounding counties. Through its programs, Journey into Womanhood, Girls Mentoring, Life Skills for Teens, and Parenting Education Coaching. To get involved with programs, volunteer, or donate, visit www.empowermentresourcesinc.org. Follow us on social media, facebook.com forward slash empowerment.resources and instagram.com forward slash empowermentjax. Let's get back to strolling instead of scrolling. Before we can safely come together, we need the facts on COVID-19 vaccines. Visit GetVaccineAnswers.org so you can make an informed decision for yourself and for your fam. This is the BCSN Pod Zone, your place for the news, views, and conversations about all things related to HBCU athletics. Here the BCSN Sports Wrap. Dr. Cavill's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab, Knights of the Roundtable, The Pre-Game Show, The Carlos Brown Show, The ONG Strike Zone, and more in one place. We are changing the way you consume HBCU sports one broadcast at a time. you're looking for the latest information on Southern University Sports, the Southwestern Athletic Conference, and HBCU Athletics, there's only one place to go. Tune in to the Carlos Brown Show, exclusively on the Black College Sports Network. 
Welcome back to this week's edition of the Coles Brown Show. Watch and heard exclusively right here on the Black College Sports Network. Today's first guest is no stranger to me, and it's always great to uh, dialogue and have conversation with Coach Van Petaway, former men's basketball coach at Alabama A&M, but once a coach in life, <laughs> always a coach. Good morning to you, Coach Petaway. Hey, good morning, Carlos. Uh, I'm happy to be here this morning. I'm happy to have you. And, and once again, the attire is just outstanding. You know, maroon's one of my favorite colors, along with black and white, but you're looking outstanding today, Coach. Well, thank you. Uh, I got to represent my school because I found out that you guys were representing uh, your different schools. So uh, today I'm, I'm doing a double duty. I'm representing Alabama A&M and also um, I'm, I'm representing one of the causes that I'm behind and that's racism. Uh, you know, we talked about early in the year, uh, we put together an initiative, a group of people who are uh, trying to eradicate um, racism when it comes to collegiate basketball. And and this is just one of the, the things that we did this past season. Uh, uh, this, this shirt says, uh, this game is no secret. And of course that goes back to uh, when uh, North Carolina Central beat uh, Duke University, but they had to keep it a secret back in the day because this was before uh, integration. So, you know, there are a lot of good things uh, that College Insider is doing, and to be a part of this, I think it's just great. Let me ask you this. As far as the initiative that, that the group is undertaking, um, coaching opportunities. I mean, we know coaching opportunities are HBCUs, but across the board, what can uh, be done to help initiate more hiring of uh, African-American black coaches? Well, we put together a group that, that where we, uh, we, are, we are vetting coaches and uh, we have recommended to search groups and to ADs this past season. Uh, we picked people that we represented, uh, we recommended for certain jobs. So that, that's a part of our initiative is to get more uh, African-Americans into the power five schools. And when those jobs open, we try to come up with uh, viable candidates and uh, we promote them. We give them to the search committee and we also give their names to the athletic directors so that they can make the next step, the next move. And also coach, uh, there will be opportunities of course at, at our HBCUs and um, they can also use the help as well because I, I know you know, you coach, you know, high school level, you know, junior college, and on the collegiate level, and then even some will make the transition to uh, the, the the professional league. So, right. Um, talk talk about that that that, that process of, of 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 moving up. Well, with us, a lot of times, African American coaches, we have to pay our dues, and what we're seeing a lot of times is. You know, people are given opportunities on all levels that have not paid their dues. And most of the time, they don't look like us. And so that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to level the playing field. We're trying to level the playing field. And I think it's going to take time. This was our first year um, with this initiative. We, we're adding more people. And, and by the way, it, it's not just people of our color pushing this. We have, we have coaches in the profession who, who don't look like us that are helping us with this call. So I think it's great. We just got to give it time. This is with Coach Van Petaway, former men's basketball coach 
at Alabama and them. Coach, a couple of things to, to talk about, and um, you're, you're going to lead the way in, in this discussion. Um, number one, the NBA draft just passed, and teams have wants. I always put wants versus needs, and what they want may not necessarily correlate to, to their needs. But o- overall, the NBA draft, what, what, what are your thoughts on the draft and the potential uh, well, the picks and, and their potential to have a long career. Well, I, I think uh, the NBA is, a, is in good shape because when you look at the draft, the people that went in the fir- uh, first two rounds, well, there are only two rounds, the people who were drafted, uh, these people got a lot of talent. And, and we're seeing that as you watch the NBA Summer League, like Kate Cunningham and Jalen Green, they've already started their, their arrival. You know, Jalen felt like he should have been the first person picked in the draft because you know, he didn't go to college. He 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 took he was one of the first players to just go straight to the D League. You know, he played in the D League, but he still felt like he was the best player. And he said it publicly, you know, after one of the games. Uh so so he's coming in there with a chip on his shoulder. But Kay Cunningham, I think he deserved that number one spot. He's a real deal. So so now I think Detroit got a good one. Uh I think the Rockets with their uh multiple picks in the first round. I think they've helped themselves some. And overall, uh, this is a good draft. When you drop down to number five and you can get a kid like Jalen Suggs, who's just tearing it up from from BYU. But now, uh, unfortunately, I think he got hurt yesterday. uh, So he probably won't play anymore. And then, of course, uh, Scotty Barnes uh, from Florida State. uh, Leonard Hamilton did a great job with him and got him ready to go. And then, of course, the big man, Cleveland. Cleveland was able to come out with uh, Evan Mobley, uh, this is a young man who, who's a seven-footer. He can do it all. He can, he can stretch the floor. He can play. He can defend. Uh, he can put it on the floor. And, uh, man, is he a shot blocker. So, so, overall, I think the draft demonstrated that there, there's a lot of good talent out there. Some of the kids dropped, like, uh, uh, prior to the draft, a lot of people thought, uh, Cooper, the point guard from Auburn, would, would be uh, in the first round. He drops to the second. He goes back to the Hawks. Uh, he dropped down to the Atlanta Hawks, and he's from that area. So I, I'm, you know, I'm really concerned about that because that means that he's staying in the same circle that he grew up in, and sometimes that's not the best thing for him. And I think with him dropping in the, in the draft, I don't think it had anything to do with his athletic ability. So, so being with the Hawks and around some of the same people that he grew up with, that might not be the best ticket for him. But overall, this was a pretty good draft, and I'm excited. I'm looking forward to uh, the, the NBA season, the upcoming NBA season. And then after those draft picks, everybody hit the free agent market. And, man, we, we got some teams that really improved. You know, everybody, everybody's talking about uh, the legends or, or, or no – the, the Grateful Dead, that's what they're talking about with the Lakers because, uh, you know, because of the age of the, of the people that they brought in, you know, with Dwight Howard and, and Melo coming in there uh, to help LeBron, you know, that's made them the oldest team in the NBA. But with, uh, with that age comes experience now. So, we, so the people better, they better relate and get ready for that now because if they can stay healthy, I think they're going to they make some noise. They're going to make some noise. And then, of course, free agency helps some teams – and I think it can hurt you also. And in this case, I personally think the loss to P.J. Tucker 
when when he left Milwaukee, I think that's going to hurt them because see, he was that alpha dog in that locker room, and you need that. You know, something every coach will tell you, you got to have that one person that's got that dog in them, and they bring that dog to other people. So uh, I think they'll miss his leadership in the locker room, his toughness, and I don't think they replace that. Now, now, Coach Petaway, you mentioned P.J. Tucker, so you brought it up. Uh, you know where he's going to that. Yeah. The, yep. the Miami Heat. So, with that being said, you've got an alpha dog. Then you got Jimmy Butler is an yes, alpha dog. Oh. They're going to have to coexist. You, 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 do you see any problem of them having a strained relationship? Will they have to have a shared alpha dog relationship no listen i don't see a problem with those two guys at all because dogs run in a pack those two <laughs> alpha dogs they gonna they gonna lead those other people man I, I i think that's great for them now you got one on the perimeter you got one in the paint they're both alpha males and they will help that team they'll make Miami a better ball club that's good to hear because if not, you know, I'm headed down to Miami <laughs> with uh, instructions and pink slips. And uh, yep, yep, we, yep. we've got to do better uh, uh, next year. Uh, before we switch up a little bit, I kind of want to go back when you have that, that, that summer league. And those, those teams, they okay, they select their, their team, their players. What about the team, uh, the, excuse me, the players? that didn't get drafted, but they, they, they're on the team. What do they need to do? I know play well to, to, to kind of get noticed and, and, and maybe latch on to a team for the, for the whole year, the upcoming year. All right. This is what they're doing. They're displaying their talent, not only to that team, but to the rest of the NBA. So they got to play well. They got to show them that they deserve to be on that level. And this is their time to shine. This is their audition. This is their audition and they got to take advantage of it because you, you, you got people you like Beasley. Beasley is a veteran ball player. He was a number two pick a few years ago. He's in the summer league because he wants to showcase to all other teams that he is still one of the best players out there. And he's been doing, a, Michael Beasley has been doing a pretty good job of that. So all of these undrafted people, kids who are on uh, a summer league team, this is their audition, and it may be their last. So they must, they must take advantage of this, this opportunity. I understand. I'm visiting with Coach Van Petaway here on the Carlos Brown Show. NIL. I, I I got a question early this morning. Well, kind of comment question about uh, players, student athletes, both male and female student athletes having an opportunity to take advantage of the NIL. So with that being said, we know you have the have and the have nots. Some are getting uh, those big endorsements, some not so. So what are the chances of student athletes on our level? And we have some that have already gotten those uh, endorsement deals but can they get those deals, whether it's the big ones or the small endorsements? Yeah, I, I think they can. And I think in a lot of instances, we're finding out that more and more teams are, are being able to take advantage of 
of this opportunity. I know here in, in Huntsville at A&M, uh, I think three of our players, um, Glass, one of the, the running back, and also one of the receivers, I think they have come up with deals. I think Glass has more opportunities than the other kids uh, with, with, with people uh, being willing to, to give him an opportunity. So he's taking his time. Uh, and, I, and I understand that T-Mobile is one of the people that has reached out to these kids. And I, I think it's great. And, and I think that over time, the HBCUs will be able to benefit better. Some of the schools are already benefiting now. But I think as this, this program, this is the first year for this, I think more and more companies will see the opportunities that are there in the HBCUs. And if, if our athletic departments are handling this right, I think we'll see that the more and more kids will be able to get it. But, but Carlos, I'll tell you what I'd like to see. I, okay. I would like to see more schools do what Miami did. One of the deals that Miami has is for all the athletes. Now, whether the, whether those kids get another opportunity or not, it doesn't matter. They already got something in place for everybody on the football team. All right. And then, of course, the stars, they're going to get additional sponsorship. Well, that's all right because all the players have something. I like what BYU has done. B BYU got their NILs for the walk-on in their program. And that's outstanding. You're using, you're giving kids who are paying their own way to school an opportunity to put money in their pocket, which is up to them now. They can go ahead and, and, and give their parents a break by using that money to help pay for them going to school or they can sit on it or invest it e either way. But I just think <clears throat> BYU is doing it the right way. They're looking out for athletes other than their stars. And I think more programs need to look at that model. And I think it'll be a success if you do it that way. But if you continue to allow only the top athletes to benefit from this, I personally can see that being a problem down the road. Well, we will definitely look and see, say five years from now, how things have become either better, not so good, but we think it will be better. But I guess we'll get an update. We'll be able to look at the time frame from year one implementation to say five years uh, from now. Coach, you have any other like right. comment well, about NIL? Well, I think I think it'll be more more opportunities for our schools, and I I look forward to to uh, seeing how creative some of these athletic directors and some of these universities can be. And, and getting deals for their athletes. Uh, and then, you know, you, you, they got to look at more than just football and basketball. I think you got to look at some of the other sports uh, because across the country, uh, you know, there's a set of twins that play female basketball, uh, volleyball players. They got a great deal. You got, you got, uh, you got gymnasts who, who have great media followings. They've been able to come up with, with NIL deals. So it's going to be up to the university. This is all new. So, it's going to take time for everybody to figure out the best way to help their athletes. But I just hope that our schools, the HBCUs, get together so they can figure out how best to serve our athletes because these kids on our level, they deserve it more than some of the other conferences. This thing with Coach Van Pittaway, former men's basketball coach at Alabama 
And then I guess in future shows, we'll talk about uh, etiquette on the, uh, on court side for the coaches. Because Coach, I remember you very animated. Very, you, you had a lot of energy. Right. Well, the, I have a passion for the game. See, I have a passion for the game. And see, like, when you're recruiting kids, like, I, I say to the parents, I say, well, you know, his coach or some coaches, you know, they want you to play hard. I demand that you play hard. There's a difference. There's a difference. So so uh, if, if you got passion for it, I think that's why I was able to stay in it as long as I did because I did have passion for the game. And uh, to be able to just pass on the, my knowledge and my life skill knowledge to the players, I think that's been the greatest accomplishment that I've had during my coaching career. I can understand, Coach. And as an opposing coach that came to the Empty Clock Activity Center, you were one of my favorites. Hey, uh, I'm not trying to be uh, objective at all. You were my favorite. And uh, I, I, passion, the word that you use, a absolutely. I, I I saw you. You got on some players over a period of time, and I mean, it It was rough. But then when the time I was over, pat on the backside, on the shoulder. And so I knew Coach Petaway really cared. Not only making them better players, but better persons. Right. So kudos to you. Coach, in the Olympics, something um, happened with Coach Daly that um, many people may have overlooked it. Talk about the accomplishment that she's had from a coaching standpoint in, in, in the Olympics, and she's added uh, a, a, another medal, another reward right. on her resume. Right. Coach uh, Don has done an outstanding job as a coach. You know, she's at University of South Carolina, she's already won a national championship. But I think the biggest thing people should look at, as a player, she won gold, a couple of goals. And then as an assistant coach, she won gold. And now she's a head coach of the Olympic team, and she wins a gold. I don't think you're going to find that on anybody else's resume. She's done an outstanding job. She's been involved in every gold medal that the United States women have had. And I think that's a great accomplishment. I hated to see the news the other day when I heard that she was stepping down. But to be honest, she has nothing else to prove. She's done it all. She's done it as a player. She's done it as a coach. And uh, my hat's off to she has done an outstanding job of, of uh, galvanizing those women, uh, that women's team, and they did a great job. You know, a lot of people uh, were skeptical in the beginning because they did just like the men. They dropped the exhibition game. Okay, but in the Olympics, they man, they didn't take no prisoners. You know, they 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 kicked tail in the Olympics, and that's what you wanted to see. And then if I could switch over to the men, I know when 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 our men lost the exhibition, everybody the exhibitions, I everybody was you know were down on them. And then of course they get in the Olympics, they lose that first game to France. But this is what we don't understand, or some people don't understand. We're putting together an all-star team to play in the Olympics. The other countries, the bulk of their players play together all year round. So they got consistency. They got continuity. They know each other. Our men and women, I put the, the women had more time this year than the men to prepare for the, for the Olympics. But on our, in our men's case, the first game that they played, three of their players that they were counting on got in 
to the Olympics two hours before the game. So now how how are they supposed to fit in the system? How are they supposed to be ready to play? How are they supposed to gel with their teammates? That's why I was never worried. But I said, the longer they stay in it, they will learn each other. They'll learn the coaches. They'll learn the, the different uh, things that each other needs and wants on the floor, and they'll come together. And they did. So we shouldn't be until we as a, as a, as a nation decide that we're going to start doing the same thing as the other team, have a group of players year-round to get ready for the Olympics. We just got to be patient. We got to either be patient or allow more time for those professional athletes to practice and jail. Because as long you you got the talent, but you got to learn how to play with each other. And the only way you can do that is, is over time. So practicing for two, uh, four or five days with an all-star team, you're not gonna, you're not gonna be the best. That's just like you you coming in. You bring the team into my place, you got all freshmen, and I got some juniors and seniors. Hey, man, I'm going to take your lunch. I'm going to take your lunch because your freshmen might be talented, but they have not had an opportunity to play together very long. So my veteran team should be able to beat your team based on the fact that we have the most experience. And that's what we got to look at. And that's what we, we just have to be patient. You know, it's something I have to work on from a personal standpoint, uh, being patient. So, as usual, Coach, you have calmed the waters as far <laughs> as uh, being patient and recognizing what it is. It is what it is. On, on that note, Coach, I want you to enjoy the rest of your weekend. Get that fishing in eventually if you hadn't done so already. And uh, we'll, we'll talk again real soon. Okay, Carlo. Hey, thanks, man, and have a great day. Appreciate the coach. Everybody be blessed and be safe. Yes, yes, sir. Be blessed and stay safe. That was Coach Van Petaway, former men's basketball coach at Alabama and I'm going to take a quick time out when I come back. I'll visit with Jared Joseph of WVLA and WGMB, sports anchor in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. He joins me next. You're watching the Carlos Brown Show on the Black College. Football bands and one of the best fan experiences in the country. The Cricket BX Swag Challenge kickoff returns to Atlanta on August 28th along with special guests. College game day. Then Alcorn State takes on North Carolina Central with conference bragging rights on the line. Center Park Stadium is the place to be on August 28th. Come tailgate all day before enjoying a primetime matchup on the gridiron. You don't want to miss this. Check out MiaxWackChallenge.com for more information. Industry was hurting, but I didn't bandage the rope. Now I got too sick with it. Now we done found us. Here comes Monmouth. Now they come in at North Carolina AMT for homecoming. Advice to Monmouth for homecoming at AMT. Leave the band at home. You can get, just get the whole 20 minutes to AMT. With my powers and knocking the pitches down Trying to teach you business first And put your pitches down Major My grandfather was a case in that study He worked as a firefighter Where the Tuskegee Airmen trained He and I were phenomenally close 
The syphilis study happened for 40 years. Penicillin was found to be the most effective treatment, but the men were denied the treatment. Interestingly enough, I've had someone tell me that they were concerned about getting the vaccine because of the syphilis study. And I always, you know, try to educate or provide some information about what happened. But then I said, you're talking about something that happened to my family. And I've taken both of my vaccines. I'm doing this for them. Health is greater than health. And it's really up to us to take ownership of our health and this story. Your ad could be ran here. MyJBN.com backslash support. MyJBN.com backslash support for more information. Sugar Chateau Desserts is a specialty bakery located in the Charlotte, North Carolina metro area. We will create delicious and one-of-a-kind treats for any occasion. Sugar Chateau is currently shipping cakes in a jar, offering a variety of different flavors in a single-serve container that can help you celebrate in accordance with social distancing. Place your orders today by calling 803-526-7895 or visiting SugarChateauDesserts.com. It's like a loot machine. you're looking for the latest information on Southern University Sports, the Southwestern Athletic Conference, and HBCU Athletics, there's only one place to go. Tune in to the Carlos Brown Show, exclusively on the Black College Sports Network. Welcome back to this week's edition of the Carlos Brown Show, watched exclusively right here on the Black College Sports Network. The show rolls on. Guest number two of today's show is Jared Joseph of WVLA and WGMB Sports Anchor in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Jared, good morning to you, sir. Good morning. Good morning. How you doing? How you doing? I, I'm doing fine, Jared. It's, uh, you know, we're getting closer and closer to week zero and college football. And um, so the excitement is building, sir. It really uh, is. Um going to talk uh, some Southern University fall camp and get your perspective on what has happened so far. So my first question to you, Jared, is your overall thoughts of Southern University's fall camp so far? Well, I think uh, intensity might be the word if you're looking for uh, a descriptor, just the way that the new interim head coach, Jason Rawlins, has been. He's been really high energy. He's really been intense. He's been really making sure that they they stay with the momentum that he wants them to maintain. Uh, you know, a couple of reports, you know, I put one out and I know, you know, a couple of other outlets did about the intensity that he had during Tuesday's practice this weekend. That embodied it. I mean, you could, we saw him chewing them out saying, look, if you don't condition yourselves during practice, we'll do it for you after practice. And they, they did some extra running, but it was – I guess a little bit reminiscent because I remember, you know, two years ago in 2019 when their first fall camp under Odoms, they messed up some stuff in warmups and they had to do hundreds. So, uh, you know, it's kind of the same energy, a new face, but a different mentality with it. And I think it'll be good. They're, they're shortening the practices. And I think that's a, that's a trend that 
goes across all of college football, shorten the practices, increase. So you get the, the mental aspect down with less tasking on the body. And I think that he's really implementing it in the right way and that the, the focus is there for the team so far. Hey, Derek, a little bit more on that. Um, yeah, the workouts are, as far as the lengthwise, it's not as long, but according to Coach Robbins, they, they're going to be more intense. They're expecting to get more done in a shorter period of time, correct? Right, right. That's that's what they've been emphasizing, less time, more reps. Make sure that you make the most out of the time that you get. Talking to a couple of players, you know, they, they remember doing three-hour practices. Now they have two-hour sessions. And, of course, today was their scrimmage, but if you go back to Friday, just yesterday, they only had like a one-hour session, a quick little walkthrough with no pads, just a little bit of a, a wind-down before they get some intensity. So the interval, the ebb and flow, the up and down, they really are trying to master the craft of it. And the the intensity is is emphasized. You know, you see it multiple times. Why are we not moving? Why are we walking? You know, run, hustle to everywhere that you're going for each period. He's really emphasizing that they get as much reps in in as little time as possible. Like tempo is a, another word. <laughs> yeah. Intensity, tempo in the 2020 uh, fall camp. I'm visiting with Jared Joseph of WVLA and WGMB. Now, I'm sure you've probably been asked this already before the season has started. Let's say 100 times, 200. <laughs> Skeletons play. Or we shall say the quarterbacks. What is your idea uh, of the quarterback or uh, your perspective of the quarterback position so far? Well, we have not been able to watch too much team. You know, we'll come in on the back half to watch a little bit of team drills right before we do interviews. And I think the the dual threat ability Skelton is known for will really come to fruition this season. I think the dualness will actually show because he's been better in passing decisions, better throws. And he's not tucking and running as instinctively as, you know, as first option. I mean, talking to a couple of the players, they were impressed on day one. I mean, with Jalen Ivey saying he didn't break off for a run at all. And it took a couple of days before Skelton actually ran for one play. When he did run, he would burst for like 70 yards. So it's it's the the duality of his game, I think, will really show this season. I think his work in the offseason to get better as a passer is really going to show. That's very important what you just said because, um, you know, the street committee, if you want to call them that, the fans, um, they they knew, they know about uh, Skelton's physical attributes. They want to see improvement in the passing area, the, the, the intangibles. If, you know, you go through your progressions, if one, two, three. And, and so – it sounds like what you're saying, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but there has been, according to the players, improvement in that aspect. There's been improvement in his passing ability and his decision-making. And uh, I saw a little bit of it firsthand. Um, you know, like I said, on the back half of the team, just I think four or five plays, and he had like one incompletion, but it wasn't a bad decision just to throw it and get to the receiver. But he had been making good decisions during the during the drive. So I think wholeheartedly that, you know, if that translates to the field during game time, then, you know, you'll be looking at a more dominant and a, a slightly different version of Ladarius Skelton. Yeah. We're going to move on to a word expectations. 
every fan base has expectations year in, year out. Southern University has expectations. You went Birmingham and Swag Football uh, Media Day. What was the overall vibe that you got from players and the coaches about their predict the predictions and where they were picked to finish? Well, I think I think it all just boils down to them just, you know, saying, hey, that's just preseason. They still got to come out and play us. I know Southern was very energetic. Uh you know, not 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 Coach Rollins. He was, you know, he doesn't really care about the the preseason rankings. But you know, the players are like, look, you still got to come see us. You still got to come play us. So, you know, they don't they're not really concerned about it. I know that Southern fans probably have the the circle or the damn the, the calendar circle when Alcorn comes to the bluff, and that's going to be, of course, an intense game. But you know, preseason rankings. Um, the one thing they did know was, you know, Southern is always going to be, you know top two if two at that and they know the expectation they have to carry and they're ready to meet them and surpass them and, and it's interesting you, you hit it the prognosticators you know they put out the predictions the media per se doesn't have a vote on on the prediction and that's to, to, to gauge the interest and, and 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 get the interest up but with that being said did you get the feeling that out the predictions in the all-conference teams, who would Jared say is a team uh, or player that we should be aware of that could possibly mess up all those predictions and, and, and uh, on um, predict the auto finish? Well, I mean that's that's a, a tall task to answer. One player who could who could throw throw the book at him. I think. Honestly, yeah. I mean, I mean, I think the thing is that Alcorn comes to the SWAC West, and then now Southern, who is usually picked to finish as the SWAC West champs, gets bumped to second to finish the Alcorn. But I think it all boils down to Ladarius. And you know, you've seen the games in the past against Alcorn. The Jags have needed to be able to pass the football to stand a chance against them. So they improve in passing the ball. They improve against their chances of beating Alcorn. And of course, the 2019 championship game that was a winnable game. It just became turnover heavy, uh, very, very turnover heavy. But if you look at the way that the Jags are set up, they should have been SWAC champions in the spring, but they they tripped themselves up. They shot themselves in the foot in the uh, game against Arkansas Pine Bluff, and they came up short in the comeback effort. Other than that, this is the team that I think should be the de facto watch out for because they have the veteran roster returning. And if you're talking about a player, I think – if, if a if a passing Ladarius skeleton comes to fruition, then I do think that's something you should watch out for. But of course, this is a team that's deep. You have running backs like you know JJ Sims and Devon Ben and Craig Nelson, and you got wide receivers like Marquise McLean. I think that this team and then Ethan Howard as well, tie in. He could be the de facto X factor for them because the Titan has been a very integral part, and he came to life a good bit on the back half of the season. You also have to consider this is the this offense has not, you know, shown its true colors because they didn't have a real preseason camp in the spring. They have a new offensive coordinator who is still in his first full calendar year. So seeing what Zach Grossi could do for the Jags in a full preseason, a full fall camp, a full offseason, and seeing how that's going to come to life on the field, we don't know exactly what kind of an offense the Jags are going to be. We know it'll be run first, but that's just about it. That's interesting. I was sitting and trying to put percentages in my head, 60% run, 40% pass, 50, 
5% run, 45% pass, Jared. <laughs> Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I, I think you could be fine saying sixty forty. That, that, yeah, you know, that might, that might do with justice. It just, you know, it depends on you know how the game might go for them. But I, I do know that you know they say they're going to stay run first. But you, you do have some some pass catchers who are more than willing and talented, and are you know, what Ethan Howard preaches and swag first team. So you know, keep your eyes on them. Yeah. Somehow I think. That is, I don't want to say politically correct, but that, you know, they're saying that, but I think it is going to be balanced when it's all said and done, albeit run run first because you have the dominant offensive line and right. you, you play to your strengths. So, so it, it, it's going to be interesting. Last thing for you, uh, Jared, we were talking before this segment, actually, uh, off air. <sighs> Coach Rollins played at McNeese, coached at McNeese, Southland Conference blueprint all over him, and and, uh, and other coaches on the staff. To me, Jared, I, I think you're going to see the Jaguars put emphasis not on winning the conference and being champions because that's your first benchmark, but win those non-conference games, even the Troy State. We're going to see how they're going to come out and compete. How do you feel about that? I think it's it's reasonable. And I think, you know, even under Odoms, they probably would have came out and competed, of course. But Rollins, you know, he knows the situation he's walking into. And he already has the, the mentality and the intensity and the the wherewithal to, to bring this team, you know, to those non-conference wins. I mean, you think back in 2019 when they played at Memphis, when Memphis was a top 25 team, they yeah. they were with them in the first half of the game, and, and it just got away from them. They were, you know, with McNeese to start the season in 2019, but that game got away from them. Turnovers really did them in. If the team comes out and they're, you know, they execute, they, they're they consistent, and they compete the way that they're known for at the Southern Standard, I think they're going to have – a good shot at winning those non-conference games against the McNeese's and the Troys, and I think that'll set them up going forward for SWAT competition. Well, Jared, it's been a pleasure visiting with you, and um, if you would like to, social media information for those and and you guys playing for covering Southern University in this fast-paced upcoming 2021 football season right where you can find me on twitter at jared p joseph uh j-a-r-e-d p joseph and of course uh, my co-workers uh at you brought b holland sports at chester boucher and at brooke kirchhoff brooke chesney actually um and you know at br proud br proud is you know for our twitter account for our main station but i mean we're gonna we're gonna go to the games we're gonna make sure we're there for you know what's gonna be an interesting run for the Jags. Uh, I think though they do have the right guy for the job. And I want to circle back for a second and just tell you, we talked about the offensive guys who can make a difference. We still didn't talk lick about the one player who can wreck any game. And that is your Buck Buchanan award winner, Jordan Lewis. So if we really want to talk about who could set everything in motion and help Southern out, you know, offensively is the Darius defensively and in the swag as a whole, it's, it's Jordan Lewis. And, People talked about, you know, ten and a half sacks in five games. They don't remember that in 2018 he had six sacks, he had 12 sacks in six games. So this isn't even new to him. He's he's that dominant. And 
he's gotten bigger, he's gotten stronger, and he looks it too. So I think filling out his skinny frame and, and just adding more strength to what is already a dominant force is really gonna gonna you know give the Jags the edge in competition. Jerry, you're sharp because actually what I wanted to do was get you back and talk about the defense. But hey, we still can we we still can uh, uh, do that as well. But you're absolutely right, Jordan Lewis and defensively they've made some some moves. Tamari Smith now moving to a, a linebacker position, and it appears that Coach Rollins is trying to get the best players on the field all the time. So you've seen some moves defensively. Talk about that. Well, you, you, if you put T. Smith on the field at the same time with Glenn Brown and then Jacoby Papillon is returning as well, that'll be the biggest factor. I think with his, you know, he played a little bit this spring, not too much, but having him back uh, really is going to bolster this defense. And, you know, he's one of the better tackles. And he'll be at safety instead of at linebacker. And, you know, this defensive backfield will be fine. The linebacker is a question mark. The defensive line is fine. Uh, but, you know, we haven't seen any answers. We haven't talked – or had any specificity about who's really going to be the, the the starters for the second level of the defense, but I think that they'll be in good hands, and that's just because the first and the third levels are good, and they're they're already going to be talented as it is. When you have a defense that has Tamara Smith, Glenn Brown, Chase Foster, and Jacoby Papia on the field at the same time, there's no way you won't have success. Now, an opportunity for someone to step up uh, at the linebacking core. Uh, either as a starter, but most importantly, a lot of the important positions, battles will be for backups. You know, you want injury away, and then also it adds depth to uh, your program. So those are things that uh, we'll be uh, watching and keying on as well. So with that being said, appreciate the time. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Get you some rest because it's about to be just 1,000 miles per second. For, for you guys covering this 2021 football season. Oh, yeah, it's going to it's gonna be an intense one, but I, I think it's going to be a great one. I'm looking forward to it. But thank you again for having me on, man, and you have a good one too. Thank you, Jared Joseph. That was Jared Joseph, WVLA, WGMB, here on the Carlos Brown Show, talking some Southern University fall camp. I'll take a quick timeout. When I come back, B.J. Jones of uh, the B.J. Jones Show here on the Black College Sports Network. It's upcoming. He'll join me next I'll be right back. You're watching the Carlos Brown Show on the Black College Sports Network. It's understandable the mistrust that many black people have because of what happened in Tuskegee. I made a statement and I took this as my platform. Elect me mayor of Tuskegee, Alabama, and never Never again will we allow the federal government, the state government, or any other governmental body to come into Tuskegee, Alabama and take advantage of our people. That was my platform, and I meant it. But there is no reason in 2021 for any American to say that I'm not going to take the vaccine because of what happened in Tuskegee. In this day and time, black scientists, black doctors are involved in the development of the vaccine. They are involved in helping to shape the public policy, which makes it possible for this vaccination program 
to be administered to the American people. John Lewis talked about good trouble, fighting racism, fighting hunger, fighting inadequate health care, fighting COVID. It's a war, and you have to fight it just like you would fight any other war. I'm willing to go to jail. I'm willing to die for it. I'm willing to struggle for it because it is right. The struggle goes on. Bands and one of the best fan experiences in the country. The Cricket BX Swag Challenge kickoff returns to Atlanta on August 28th along with special guests. College game day. Then Alcorn State takes on North Carolina Central with conference bragging rights on the line. Center Park Stadium is the place to be on August 28th. Come tailgate all day before enjoying a primetime matchup on the gridiron. You don't want to miss this. Check out MeaxSwagChallenge.com for more information. Football bands and one of the This is the BCSN Pod Zone, your place for the news, views, and conversations about all things related to HBCU athletics. Here the BCSN Sports Rap, Dr. Cavill's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab, Knights of the Round Table, the pregame show. The Carlos Brown Show, the ONG Strike Zone, and more in one place. We are changing the way you consume HBCU sports one broadcast at a time. Welcome back to this week's edition of the Carlos Brown Show. Watch and heard exclusively right here on the Black College Sports Network. Hour number two, and the guests continue to roll in. Now I'm going to visit with B.J. Jones of the B.J. Jones Show, forthcoming 
on the Black College Sports Network. BJ, good morning to you. Good morning, Carlos. Man. How's it going? It's going fine here. Uh, we're almost ready, what, two weeks out for week zero college football. So it's uh, getting closer, sir. Oh, uh, yeah, man. I had a, a scrimmage last night. Uh, got a chance to really see some of our young guys and kind of how they compete. Was really pleased by that. Uh, we lost the scrimmage, but, you know, we played up to a 6 team. We're 4A. Um so nine point loss, you can't really say anything bad about that. Uh, but we crank it up, man. Uh, starting this week, man. This Saturday, man, this Saturday, five o'clock, man. We we start the high school season here in Georgia. Oh, you win one week at a time, and you look for improvement every week. And that's all you can ask for, and just get better each week. Yeah, absolutely, man. That's all you can do, especially man. These first uh, couple of weeks when you really. Visiting around and really honestly seeing what you have. Uh, you know, one thing about the, the you know, scrimmages at, at the college level, you think you know what you have, but you really don't know what you have um, until you run into uh, helmets and jerseys of a different color. So I'm interested in seeing that two weeks when uh, Alcorn State and uh, North Carolina Central hooks up. Yeah, it, it, it's going to be interesting. Well, BJ, let's get into it. The, the meat, the crux of the matter here on today's Carlos Brown Show. Uh, the sleeper teams, according to B.J. Jones in the Southwestern Athletic Conference. Arkansas Pine Bluff. Uh, we, we talked about this at Media Day, uh, where they were predicted to finish in the West. I think people really uh, overreacted to some of the talent that they lost and completely forgot about the talent that they have remaining, and, and that's back. Uh, Jalen Pippen is still on that football team. Tyron Ralph is still on that football team. Um, you know, the quarterback is back. You know, they pick up a all-conference running back from um, UCA. That, that's going to be a better football team. And, and I don't think that they're the fourth team in the West. So Arkansas Pine Bluff, uh, Prairie View, um, if you look at the talent they have on that football team, you look at the way they play, particularly defensively, uh, during the spring, I think that they have an opportunity to be a surprise team. Uh, I would not sleep on Grambling State. Uh, and, and I'm going to throw another one out, out, out here, Bethune-Cookman. cookman I, I think people have just really just discounted Bethune-Cookman. And I think you look at what Terry Sims has done with that football team, they're accustomed to finishing the top, you know, 3-4 uh, in the MEAC. And, and, and they're usually a bounce away from finishing in the top two. So I, I think if, if I had to go sleeper teams, th those are my four. And, and, and definitely, me personally, I, I believe Bethune-Cookman are very physical in both offense and defensive line. Of course, their success is duly noted against FAMU and the Florida Classic. But they're, they're going to bring a physicality to the conference and, and to me. They are the team to watch. They're they my sleeper. Um, and, and, and it's interesting what you uh, mentioned and talk about with Arkansas Pine Bluff. Um, we talked about it a couple of weeks ago. Is it disrespect or uh, just the reasoning behind picking them that low, the defending spring uh, champion? So it will be interesting to see if – they use that for motivation. I mean, I, I don't think they have to use it just to 
to play good, productive football. But, uh, man, Pine Bluff, they do have motivation based on the, the prognosticators and, and, and where they have uh, UAPB pick, BJ. Oh, absolutely. And, and I think for Arkansas Pine Bluff, I think it's all historical. Historically, when you look at Arkansas Pine Bluff, when they've done well, look at the 2006 season, 2012 season. You know, they have that, you know, that good year, and they kind of fall back, and then it takes them a little while, and then they have a good year, and then they fall back. Uh, and, and that's been the story with, with uh, Arkansas Pine Bluff um, historically. I think that what they're set off to prove that this is a different day um, at UAPB, um, and, and, and that the Golden Lions are here to stay. And if they can get it done this year, uh, I don't think they have to win the division, but compete for it. I think that that helps change. Well, you know, BJ, I, I guess I'm looking at the word consistency. UAPB has to be consistent. They have to build upon that spring finish. And if they can do that, then they'll be in the conversation of always being near near the top, always putting themselves in position to play for a Western Division title and, 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 and be in that position. So consistency is the word I'm looking for, BJ, with University of Arkansas Pine Bluff. Oh, absolutely. And, and, we, and once you have that consistency, you get that benefit of the doubt. Look at what Grambling's predicted to finish compared to what they actually did in the spring. And people are willing to give Grambling that benefit of the doubt uh, because historically, uh, year after year, they're competing for the Winston Division title. Um, you know, they have more swag titles than, than any other program. And I think once you build that cachet, you earn that benefit of the doubt. Yes. A visit with B.J. Jones of the B.J. Jones Show here on the Black College Sports Network. Key games in the Southwestern Athletic Conference. Well, I, I think the, the, the first key game is, is week one. Uh, down in Miami, the Orange Blossom Classic. Uh, we've talked about it. Uh, Florida A&M and Jackson State. Uh, you talk about two football teams, same division. You know, you start to staying up. Um with, with division play, I think that that's going to be a, a key ball game. I think um, Alcorn State uh, traveling to Arkansas Pine Bluff uh, in, in September, uh, that Thursday nighter. Uh, we've got a couple of Thursday nighters. That's going to be one. Alabama and them going super through Cookman. Um, that's another one. Um, so a few of these we're going to get early, but then we got a boatload of them in October. And I think October will really shake the conference race. Because during the month of October, you're going to get the following. FAMU is going to have to visit Huntsville. Jackson State's going to have to visit Huntsville. Southern's going to have to visit Arkansas Pine Bluff. Um, and then Alcorn is going to have to visit Southern. Um, throw in a little prairie view uh, visiting Southern as well. I think when you get done uh, with, with September and October, we will have uh, a true indicator on going to represent the divisions when it comes down to the uh, Southwestern Athletic Championship game. In other words, BJ will have a clearer picture of the Southwestern oh, yeah. Athletic Conference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's going to be clear, and that thing might start to start shake out a little bit. Um, we might get some indicators in September uh, because we got a couple of those games that that it's going to be. Uh, I mean, key. Um, you got to think that the loser of the Orange Blossom Classic is, in some
show me the way is that they're down two games before we even get started. Opening game, a classic game, and the conference opener. Trifecta for FAMU and Jackson State. I'm busy with B.J. Jones of the B.J. Jones Show, which will be you will be able to follow here on the Black College Sports Network. Coaches on the hot seat, B.J., this should be interesting. I, I want to get your perspective on coaches on the hot seat in the Southwestern Athletic Conference. All right, so if I had to talk some some, some hot seat coaches, um, I think probably number one on that hot seat uh, will probably be Donald Hill Ely of Alabama State University. Um, I think that, um, you know, what, what he's done, you, the talent's there, his young talent, but they've, they haven't been able to get over the hump. Um, and when you start looking at the opposite side of the state and what Alabama A&M is doing, that only puts more pressure on you. And you look at where Alabama A&M has come from, that only puts more pressure on Alabama State. Um, I think uh, Coach Dooley at Prairie View uh, will be under uh, a mound of, uh, of pressure. Uh, the t- like I said, talent is there. The talent has been there. I can make an argument that Prairie View's had the most talented football team in the conference for the last two seasons. Uh, I can make a legitimate argument uh, on that. Uh, but that has not translated to wins and losses. Uh, has not translated into a division title, uh, has not translated uh, into a really good uh, October or November uh, for Prairie View. Um, so I, I think that, you know, he's also be on that hot seat. Uh, and Grambling State University, Roger Fox. Um, you know, we, we can throw the spring out there, but if you look at the uh, – since Coach Dooley has left that program, uh, they haven't been in a, a championship game. Uh, they haven't defeated Southern. They haven't defeated uh, Prairie View. Uh, they haven't won the games that matter. And you can only get away with that for so long uh, in Grambling, Louisiana, uh, before some people really start calling uh, for some changes to be made. Uh, so I, I think that those are my, on my on my top three. I think right outside of that, uh, right outside of that, I think that the heat is starting to turn up on Clarence McKinney um, at Texas Southern. Um, and I think that you'll you'll get a little heat, not really heat, but I, I think that Southern with um, with with the, with the interim coach and we talk about Coach Rollins, I think not so far so much as hot seat, but I think that there's a realistic win loss record that the higher ups are looking for before they say, hey, we can just turn this thing over to you uh, permanently. And the reason I say that. Southern has a championship-rated made team. Uh, I don't think that you can do any worse than second in the division and hold on to that to, to, to that job permanently. So I think, you know, it, uh, a hot, hot seat with a disclosure, uh, we'll say, for Jason Rollins. Interesting. Support the Black College Sports Network so we can continue to provide you coverage. Go to myjbn.com slash support and be a part of the Black College Sports Network.